And we are live. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. Uh, we come to you every day at 2 p.m. at Mountain Standard Time. That's what time it is in Arizona. Mountain Standard Time. What time is it? Mountain Standard Time. Uh, we are your daily distraction of all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on three platforms, ladies and gentlemen, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you can just listen in like old Tammy Radio, YouTube, Comedy Schools, which is like television, but nothing like television, and of course, right here on Facebook Live. Uh, we build the show around three things, your questions and comments as you place them here on the aforementioned social media sites, and we attempt to comment back. You write them, we talk them. You write them, we talk them. We'll comment back or try to answer your questions. Uh, we also uh, sometimes will share with you some doodad, memento, publication, uh, autograph, uh, some sort of uh, razzle-dazzle uh, that we share here on the show and try to weave a story around something that's just laying around, happens to be laying around here in the home office. And, of course, we recommend uh, at least one, sometimes two, artists or piece of music of our vast vinyl album, and CD collection. Uh, from the most obscure to the most well-known, um, we uh, share them. Uh, we download links to songs that we think you should listen to because if you loved them before, you'll love them again. And if you've never heard them before, you will fall in love with them now. Uh, that's what we do. That's what is done here. Uh, it is um, Thursday, November 5th. I couldn't let the day pass by without saying, uh, if it wasn't for something that had happened 66 years ago today, I may not be here, or at least not here uh, as I presently sit in front of you, because uh, 66 years ago today, uh, Barbara and Gerald Visick got married. Who were Barbara and Gerald Visick? They were my mother and my father. Both of them have gone on to their reward now for quite some time. Uh, I miss them dearly. Uh, I would love to hear my father's take on all this right now, because, uh, you know, for years... Um, I don't know how it is for uh, a lot of you, but uh, my dad used to make me angry a lot. I'd get upset with my dad, you know, uh, this is serious, what's going on? And um, he waxed between, you know, right-wing reactionary and hardcore leftist uh, progressive. <laughs> he was always kind of hard to pin down. Uh, he was a closet liberal in a land of lunch bucket Democrats who uh, usually had at least one conversation a day about why do they want to live with us? Uh, he thought they should live with us. Um, but uh, I would get so angry with him and then later on and go, he's just nuts. And then start to realize, start to realize how much it was sometimes just an old guy messing with a young guy. An old guy messing with a young guy. And I, the older you get, if you get to stick around long enough, you begin to understand so many things you didn't understand before. Unfortunately, the people that you want to go to and say, I understand now, Oftentimes, you're not here with us except in spirit. So happy birthday, mom and dad. I hope you're together in um, the great beyond. And um, if it goes the way uh, Pop said, then um, I can look forward to all eternity of having Thanksgiving with you. So uh, <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that today. The uh, count to see who will be president of the United States uh, still goes on. And... Uh, there was a great saying by Hunter Thompson, uh, Hunter Thompson, and uh, the saying was, uh, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. 
And I believe we're beginning to see that right now. Uh, no one would deny that Donald Trump is a member of the weird. He's just a weird dude. Uh, and now, of course, he is bringing an army of attorneys to do everything he can to either to stop vote counts where he's behind and continue vote counts where he's ahead. Uh, it is chaos. It is bedlam. And what we see, you know, I know a certain amount of people who dedicate their time, effort, and energy to making sure that the trains run on time, the water goes through the pumps, the, uh, when you turn the switch, the lights come on, that uh, the bad guys don't run amok in your street, that your streets are clean. I know a certain amount of those people who just make things work and make things run. And a lot of them are full-time employees and a lot of them are volunteers. And to a man, to a woman, to a person, I haven't met one who engages in any of those endeavors, who does it for any other reason than it is their job and they're going to do it right. And what you're seeing take place on your television right now are people who are dedicated to doing their job right and then political animals trying to force themselves upon the process not to help the process run more smoothly but to make the process grind to a halt. Uh, I was watching... Um, I was watching all the people who were outside of a, a vote counting center in Maricopa County last night. So it's always weird. I heard one time, uh, you know, when you're younger, you think, oh, I'd like to be famous. But then I heard a quote when I was younger going, any day where your name's not mentioned in print is a good day. Any day your name's not mentioned in print, it's a good day. Because for most people, when your name's mentioned in print, it's not good. For most people, when your town is mentioned in print or in the news, it's not good. And it was a sad picture to see on national television last night of protesters, some armed with AR-15s outside of a Maricopa County election processing plant, screaming and yelling and shouting. And I saw some of it on a YouTube video posted by a right-wing member of the legislature here. And who did I see? If you think that this is an uprising of the people, an uprising of the proletariat, of the masses finally taking control for honesty, I got news for you. Because who was out there running things? Dan Quayle, that's right, former Vice President Dan Quayle, out there in a suit, out there in a suit, amongst all the people dressed like regular people going through a, uh, a drive through at Denny's. So there is organized chaos going on, and you know the rest of the world's got to be laughing at us. Going, oh, look at the big shot USA. Always so proud of its orderly elections and its democracy and its representative government lecturing the entire world. And now we look like something to be going on in Guatemala in 1953. All right, and nothing against Guatemala, but if you know anything about history, you would know why I reference that. Actually, Guatemala in 1956, because bad things happened in 1954. Uh, let me say hi to some people here. Tim and Mike Lawson, hello. Uh, Arlen, hello. Tyrus, hello. Champ, hello. Diane, hello. Jim Lacey, my friend, hello. Champ de Blasio, Christopher Bennett, Alia, hi. Let me see what we got going here in the comments section. Uh, Jim Lacey, my very good friend, Jim Lacey, who, um, uh, if it weren't my parents, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Jim, I wouldn't be doing this podcast, maybe on a daily basis. Jim was the one who recommended it. And uh, especially in the early days of the pandemic, first few months, it was something that my wife and I were able to build our life around as we were rebuilding our business. And I thank you for that. Jim says... 
A great songwriter, by the way, living in Texas. Should look him up. Google him. Jim Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y. Yo, Tony, won't be with you most of today, but what a drop in. And thank you live for the incredible effort you've made in doing this daily. You've made days uplifting and fun for hundreds of us. Um, hundreds, of, uh, hundreds of us. And I officially knight the King Cool. There we go. Oh, and now I got something else coming in here to the... Uh, we got, we, of course, I got my co-host, uh, Sullivan, grandson Sullivan. Say hi, Sullivan. Say hi, Sullivan. Hi, Sullivan. There we go. Very good. I show him what you got yesterday. There you go. And what is that? It's an Among Us plushie. It's an Among Us plushie. I bet most um, people who are on YouTube uh, probably heard it. Uh, most people who are on YouTube know what an Among Us plushie is. Well, know what Among Us is. Among Us is. Most people on Facebook don't. So, uh... Yeah, so... I'm, I'm, I'm not on Facebook. I know, I'm on I know. YouTube. You're on YouTube. Hold on, I got other comments coming in here. Arlen Yazzie says, Native tribes have an old saying, give a man corn, he eats a day, teach him to grow corn, he will kill your family and steal your land. You know what? You can't argue with that. Uh, let's see. Um, Christopher Bennett's watching. Linda Daniel Hernandez. Hello, Linda, down there in Texas. Uh, Kevin Roberts says, Tony, is your shirt tucked in? I hope you don't lose your colonelcy. Um... It's, it's a t-shirt, and I think if I tucked a t-shirt in, I would lose my colonel C. All right? Uh, Kevin Roberts says, hi, Sullivan. Can we call him Sully? That is his, that's what we all call him. We call him Sully. Sully Ramirez. Uh, he is my grandson. He is my pal. Jim Perry says, Sullivan, you rock, dude. Jim Perry is my partner in, I should mention, right now, JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, ladies and gentlemen. It is Greater Arizona's newest and coolest stand-up comedy venue. We opened the pandemic so we can grow along with you as the economy reopens. We have faith in you. Please have faith in us. We have safe social distance shows there every Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Thursdays at 7 o'clock, Friday and Saturday, 7 and 9. We lead, we lead the pack in giving new artists a chance with our stand-up comedy workshops, our improv workshops, and our open mics. And we book some of the best comics in the country. If you don't believe me, you go down there this weekend and you watch one Mary Upchurch, one of my all-time favorite, extremely funny lady, Mary Upchurch, JP's Comedy Club, all Thursday, Friday, Saturday. When you buy your ticket, you buy your ticket, you'll be buying it from good old Jim. And so Jim will know you got it from me. Just walk up and go, I heard you put salt on your pizza. Okay. Uh, what do we got here? Kevin Roberts says, uh, if Arizona goes red, you may have lost your colonelcy. Uh, I have no control over that. I work my butt off to uh, turn Arizona blue. Anybody who follows me knows that uh, I went not just the extra mile. I went the extra, I went the extra 100 miles uh, this year involved. Here's all the things that I did this year in connecting with the campaign. I was fortunate enough to be invited in with a group of very gifted writers, television writers, Broadway writers, to uh, write messaging, messaging every week that was sent out to the DNC, the DCCC, Ted Deutsch, Beto O'Rourke, Ed Markey, the list goes on and on here, Joanna Mendoza, uh, and wrote with them every week. So we were helping to shape message for uh, local and national Democratic candidates. I did that. I took over as chairman of something called the Copa City Dems here in my town, Maricopa, a democratic social organization where we helped organize phone banks, stood out on the street every Saturday for three or four hours with Biden, Harris, and Mark Kelly signs. I did personal phone banking. Uh, 
Hell, I did some other stuff too. We did all of that. So Kevin Roberts, I went the extra mile. I should be a full bird colonel. Uh, let's see. Um, Jim Lacey says, uh, if I were the chief of operations inside the building at the Maricopa Election Center, I'd have come out and said to the protesters, how do you know the ballots are now being counted aren't yours? You know, that's the insanity of it, isn't it? That uh, You want us to stop counting them? The craziness is in some places where Trump was, uh, where, uh, Trump was catching up, stop counting. It's just, you know what, it's just chaos. It's just designed to create chaos. Uh, Kevin Roberts says, Ramirez, uh, es un buen uh, apellido español. Does he speak Spanish? Uh, less than I do. Uh, and you just saw how much I do. Uh, but I think he's learning. Uh, Linda Daniels says, hello, right back. Staying hopeful in Texas. Kevin Brown is watching. And Jim Perry just put up, by the way, if you're looking for fun, fun in the sun, fun in the valley of the sun. If you want to dance mirthfully through the desert after watching a show, JP's Comedy Club. We have the uh, ticket link up, jpscomedyclub.com, which I, by the way, put in the titles every day when the show is done. So um, pretty crazy when you turn on your television at night and turn on your television in the morning and you're seeing uh, sheer chaos around what for most of your life was an orderly process. But for most of your life was an orderly process. You know, we all know that George Washington didn't cut down a cherry tree and then when they asked, say, I cannot tell a lie. We all know that. We all know that. Yeah, but we all know that he discovered what? gravity. What? We all know that he discovered, that he discovered gravity. No, that was Isaac Newton who discovered gravity. I've got someone sitting under my chair arguing with me right now. Uh, he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> so we all know that. We all know that George Washington didn't do that. We know that there were certain myths that we were thought, taught as young people because a country and a nation and a people needs its stories. It needs its myths. It needs its legends. That is part of the soul of a nation. And usually, for the most part, in a good nation or a nation that aspires to be good, they are somewhat connected to the truth. It is. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to go into something heavy here, and people. <laughs> Paul Whitney said he thought Sir Isaac Newton discovered figs. That's true. You know, I think that's an absolute fact. Paul Whitney, Isaac Newton discovered the fig. The fig Newton. <laughs> time is hard. Time is difficult. <laughs> We all know that, but one of the things that we were taught, this is going to be hard, one of the things we were taught when we were kids was that the president was elected by all the people who, whoever got the most votes became president. Now, they knew there was an electoral college, but it was so rare, so rare. And that, you know, America, even though it may have broke from it all the time, sold itself as the place of fair play, the place of fair play. America was always the place, as Winston Churchill said, America will always do the right thing after they've tried everything else. And we believed that. And I think it shook us all up a little bit in 2000 when George Bush beat Al Gore, even though Al Gore got to have 600,000 more popular votes. And we go, well, once in a lifetime, okay. And I think it shook us up even more when Hillary Clinton 
got three and a half million more popular votes. And we go, all right, it's just an anomaly. But here now, we have people that are actually pushing towards that outcome happening again. You know, I remember a time when conservatives were ones that screamed about activist judges and using the law to uh, generate an outcome that may not be right or fair. And right now, it looks like I'm seeing a lot of conservatives, not all Republicans, man, I, you know, not all conservatives. So many of my friends are conservative and Republicans, so many of them. But right now, the powers that be, and a lot of Republicans have left the Republican Party, or at least not active in it right now. The ones who formed up the Lincoln Project, I'm not talking about white-eyed stuff right now, have left because of the endemic unfairness and corruption that they see stemming from this administration. I believe we're beginning to see it with their throw a thousand lawsuits against the wall with the goal of actually having, think about this, you sit at home and you get a ballot and you fill it out and you put it in the mail. It gets postmarked the day you put it in the mail, but it doesn't get delivered till after the day of the election. And then your ballot doesn't count. You did everything right. That's what we got to start looking at once again, right and wrong. All right, enough of that. Uh, Cricket Gill says Biden is cutting into the Pennsylvania lead. Uh, Paul Whitney says waka waka. Uh, Kevin Brown is Kevin Brown is watching. How you doing, KB? How you doing, KB? Anyway, man, so much going on. So much going on. And then um, at some point this afternoon, as I was up here booking clubs and balancing books and all the stuff that I do in the morning, uh, poorly and slowly, but, and then blame everybody else when I don't finish my own work on time. Um, uh, Sullivan and Shirley and I went to uh, Freddy's, a fine restaurant right here in Maricopa, fast food. Um, and um, the drive was pleasant, the sun was shining, the food was hot, and the company was just gosh darn fun. And it's one of, the favorite, one of my favorite things is going to uh, lunch or dinner with my wife and any of our extended uh, kid family. So with all the madness going on, we still have sanity here, and I certainly hope that you have sanity there. What time is it? How much time do I have? I want to get to the stuff. Uh, Cricket Gill says, and as for Arizona, the Associated Press called it because there are not enough votes left to count to help Trump catch up, so it's basically over the AZ race. Uh, Angela Fox says, aren't our tax dollars paying for those baseless lawsuits? I don't know, Angela. If our tax dollars are paying for those lawsuits that are being paid by the Republican Party, I really can't say. Um, here, I'm going to show you something strange. All right. This is all the way back from the 60s. Join the college, college of carnival knowledge with cute little funny animals. There you go. There's something for you to look at right now. That is the one, the only, the legendary R. Crumb. This was... Something put out by Apex Novelties. This was one of the original underground comics. Well, this one was a few years afterwards. I'm sorry, 1972. 1972. This was a rework of many of R. Crumb's more infamous characters. The man who created Mr. Natural. Okay, but there it is right now. Funny animals. Uh, I only show this to you because if you ever want to um, Google R. Crumb, you'll see what some of what shaped so much of the irreverent wink wink nudge nudge hedonistic humor 
of the baby boomer generation. Sure, the National Lampoon shaped a lot of our sense of humor. Saturday Night Live shaped a lot of our sense of humor. But for so many, R. Crumb and the underground comics, these were comics that covered sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Some of the drawings were rather graphic. Uh, some of the stories were rather grim. They were also the advent of the uh, graphic novel because they dealt with more serious subjects in a comic book fashion. Um, so many of those comics shaped so many of the gonzo people who went out in the world to uh, create some of the fun and the funny that you experience. I always like to go back and go, what is the genesis of something? I like the book of Genesis in the Bible too. Let there be light. I think that, that's one of the coolest lines in the whole world. Let there be light. And for me, when I started reading R. Crumb underground comics, comics that were not um, uh, forced to adhere to the comic code like Superman and Batman and even Spider-Man, you know, all the DC and Marvel and even the uh, EC comics, uh, which were a little uh, racier or darker, um, it turned on the light for me. I go, wow, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. And of course, R. Crumb, along with Fr um, the guy who created Fritz the Cat, also uh, really painted a vivid picture of the urban landscape in America in the late 60s and early 70s that uh, coming together of uh, a mixing of cultures of uh, young uh, middle-class white kids and people of other ethnicities all living together on the street. All living together on the street. So you want to check out R. Crumb for sure. I got to inject a little humor here. And now, then, of course, we want to talk about the music. Now, I pride myself on this show. I pride myself on this show on bringing a lot of stuff that is obscure yet wonderful. A lot of stuff that is obscure yet wonderful. I am fascinated by the obscure. Not the macabre so much, but with the, uh, the obscure. I'm fascinated by the genius that is never heard. I am fascinated by the ungodly talent that is somehow lost. This group, we're going to tell, uh, uh, Jim Lee said, Fritz the Cat, just watch it again uh, two nights ago, perhaps for a hundredth time. Cool, Jim. I don't know how you felt about Art Crumb and uh, Shelton, fabulous, fabulous furry freak brothers and all those guys. But uh, I love Fritz the Cat, but for me, those were the guys. Those were the guys, Art Crumb and Shelton, who created uh, the Freak Brothers. And the music we're going to talk about today is not obscure. The music we're talking about today is not Lost Geniuses. The music we're talking about today is music that changed the world. Uh, and we're talking about, this is Led Zeppelin's first album. And it's on CD. I don't know what happened to my original copy of it. I have lost some of my albums, some I haven't. That is Led Zeppelin's cover for its very first CD, which came out, I believe, as early as 1968 on Atlantic. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Bonham, and John Paul Jones. Four guys who were louder and as that group more talented and more magical than almost anybody else that was out in the world at that time. Their music stunned people. There's legendary stories of them being in America and opening for Iron Butterfly and Iron Butterfly going, get them off the tour. We can't follow that. They took the world by storm. I remember being a kid, a little kid, 12, 13 years old. And uh, communication breakdown 
exploding out of my radio. This is the kind of music, no matter how small or tinny or cheap the radio that you were listening to was, all of a sudden it exploded out like an entire concert, assaulting your ears with the friendliest assault. You felt like an assault away. It did beautiful violence to your heart, your mind, and your soul. Communication Breakdown was the first song I ever heard by Led Zeppelin, and I could not stop listening to it. Going, who are those guys? Who is this? On Led Zeppelin's first album are songs that are still with us today. Good times, bad times. Babe, I'm going to leave you. Incredible work of a blues song. You shook me, dazed and confused. Your time's going to come. Black Mountain. Of course, the aforementioned communication breakdown. I can't quit you easy. And how many more times? Now, we all know the story of Led Zeppelin. We all know that they, without giving credit to, did a lot of the black British uh, blues uh, guys of the United States, primarily uh, (coughs) Willie Dixon's uh, songs that were being done by Muddy Waters and Holland Wolf. They did them and put down that they wrote them and then there were big lawsuits. We all know that. In a sense, they were the Robin Williams and Carlos Mencia's of rock and roll. But because their delivery system, their talent, what they were able to do, what Robert Plant was able to do when he opened his mouth, what Jimmy Page was able to do when he pressed his fingers down on a string, what Bonham was able to do with the drums, what George Paul Jones was able to do with those four strings to keep things driving, took songs that maybe would have never been known before, never even heard, lost forever. They rediscovered the lost geniuses in the obscure and repackaged it and sold it back to Americans and through lawsuits, made a lot of those people very, very rich. Okay. Now, they originally came out of the Yardbirds. Jimmy Page came out of the Yardbirds. The original name of Led Zeppelin, by the way, was going to be the New Yardbirds. The New Yardbirds. And when Pete Townsend heard that Jimmy Page is putting a ga- together a band and hired Robert Plant as the singer, the story goes, Pete Townsend, really? That's what, that's what Jimmy's doing? Hmm. Yeah. That'll go over like a Led Zeppelin. And Jimmy Page here, that's what we're going to name the band. (laughs) From from that sort of teenage, resentful, insecure competition came an insult that became a name that everybody knows. That everybody knows. Um, Anyway, Led Zeppelin, uh, if you haven't listened to him in a long time, uh, or if you just hear them in the car, some of the stuff you just hear in the car, you turn on the radio, whether you got satellite radio or FM radio or whatever, and you hear the songs, you know, and it becomes uh, elevator music. Sit in a room by yourself with a good stereo system and put on a little quick story about Led Zeppelin that might be fun to you guys. Not on this album, of course, but uh, on uh, Led Zeppelin 2, A Whole Lot of Love. There is that uh, break where it's just... Uh, um, uh, Robert Plant acapella going way down inside. You hear the echo in the background. Way down in. You woman, woman. That echo, which became iconic in that part of that song, was a mistake. Because Led Zeppelin, to be able to replicate what they were able to do on stage, insisted that John Bonham's drums have microphones all shoved in them and around them. So they could pick that up in the studio. And somehow the echo from Robert Plant's voice got picked up 
on the channel that was recording the drums and they couldn't get it out. And as told to me by legendary sound engineer Shelly Yakis, because he spoke to the engineers on it, one of them goes, why don't we just make it like a, uh, uh, a black gospel song? You know, you know, call and repeat, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So a mistake created something wonderful. The lesson for today, ladies and gentlemen, is sometimes the mistakes you make are the beginning of the greatest day you can ever have. Uh, Jim Lacey says, um, oh, okay, this is, I think, Jim uh, answering, uh, answering right here uh, uh, earlier question from Angela Fox. And yes, probably there's a message to a world that holds us in such high esteem. Probably because we bend over backwards to get the truth and the facts. We've lost so much of that adoration uh, under Trump, but we will get it back. Yes, we will. All right, man. That's our show for today. We talked about it a lot today. We talked about elections. Uh, hamburgers. Hey, uh, Jim Perry put up jpscomedyclub.com in the uh, comments. Shirley has put up uh, Led Zeppelin's communication breakdown. I'll put them in the titles later on. If you watched or listened today and you enjoyed it, please tell people about it. Tell them how they can find it. Tell them how to listen. I'll have everything we talked about today and uh, important links in the titles in about five minutes. Thanks a lot. Tomorrow is another day. Sometime it'll be brand new, but sometime it'll be like what the talking head said, same as it ever was. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. Ugh.